Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 71 of Lean Blog Audio. It's July 23rd, 2015. Today's post is titled Throwback Thursday, This American Life on Numi Lessons and Labor Notes Still Hates Lean. So episode number 403 of the public radio program, This American Life, originally aired in 2010. And since you're listening to this podcast, I assume you like listening to stuff and you may want to maybe postpone listening to this episode until your next commute or your next trip and maybe go and uh, you know download episode four or three of This American Life about the Numi car plant. And uh, if you want to listen to that and then listen, maybe hear to my commentary on that story. You know, the Numi plant, if you don't know, it was a joint venture between GM and Toyota in Fremont, California. It's now actually where Tesla builds its vehicles. You know, as a joint venture, the Numi plant, that meant the closed down GM Fremont plant was reopened to be managed under the Toyota production system. It was an opportunity for GM to learn from Toyota. Now, This American Life, you know, it asks why GM didn't learn more of the lessons from Numi. Well, you know, GM did learn many lessons. Uh, it wasn't enough uh, to save the company from bankruptcy. And, you know, I think GM going from 50% market share to just over 20% market share would, would, would bankrupt you in any circumstance, regardless of how lean your factories became when, you know, you have more retirees and active employees. That, that loss of market share was the biggest problem, not the lack of lessons learned from Toyota. Now, that episode re-aired on NPR stations last weekend, which I learned about when my, many of you emailed me or you tweeted at me about the program. Um, even some of my personal Facebook friends who don't share my passion for lean shared the link with me. I think a lot of people didn't realize it was uh, a repeat. Now, you know what makes it a throwback in a way is uh, you know not only the art the, the the episode that came out in 2010, but I also blogged about it back then in a post I titled NPR on the end of the line at Numi and my story about an interviewee. So you can find a link uh, to that original blog post if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 71. And there's also a link to the This American Life episode. You can read a transcript, even though, again, I'm going to assume you like listening to things at least as much as you do reading or that's more convenient uh, for you to do so. Uh, so you can listen, you can read. You know, I, I really do think it's uh, it's an hour uh, well spent. Now, beyond This American Life and, and what they talked about and what I blogged about uh, five years ago, also floating around the tw Twitterverse this week was a link to a blog post from the website Labor Notes. And uh, labor notes from the labor unions, um, generally very critical of lean. It was also critical of this American life. And I had tried um, unsuccessfully to create an account that would allow me to comment uh, on the labor notes website. They had some technical glitches, it seems. So I'm going to share my thoughts uh, in, in a bit. And I thought, well, let me just write a new blog post about it. I've got my own website. I don't need to comment on theirs. And I know labor notes in the past has read uh, some of my posts and we've had some back and forth. But, you know, it's funny uh, in a way, you know, labor notes is complaining about this American life. Uh, usually conservatives complain that NPR is part of, you know, the liberal media. But labor notes uh, views this episode, it seems, as being part of, 
you know, the vast corporate right wing conspiracy. So I don't know. Labor Notes doesn't like lean. Labor Notes doesn't like this American life. They're grouchier than I am. So, you know, Labor Notes, you know, has 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 lashed out before about lean. And, you know, they're they're usually either just complaining about management. You know, if if lean is an idea from those management types, therefore lean must be evil or they're complaining you know, about bad practices that aren't really lean. And, you know, I would line up with the Labor Notes writers to complain about what I call lame or, you know, lean is misguidedly executed. When when lame stuff happens, I, I criticize that as well, even though um, I'll give credit Labor Notes in one of their retorts once said lame should really mean uh, lean as mainly experienced. So, yeah, touche Labor Notes. Um, but, you know, from their most recent post here, they, they're writing uh, about Numi. You know, trouble is the, quote, team concept, unquote, program of standardization, de-skilling and continuous speed up wasn't such a boon for workers as the show portrays. Neither the imported version nor even the original in Japan. So, you know, you know they put those scare quotes around the phrase team concept. Um you know, asking people to work in teams or the idea of management being part of a team with workers, you know, oh, it must be some sort of trap. That's, I guess, you know, that's how Labor Notes views it. Labor Notes complains about what they call the de-skilling of work when, you know, in reality, a lean auto factory really does, you know, a lot of cross-training so that employees have more skills. You know, when I worked at General Motors before, any semblance of a lean culture 20 years ago, that was de-skilled work. That was a management system, that old GM system that didn't respect workers and, uh, and, and, and their abilities and their brains. Lean management is very different. And you know, when Labor Notes talks about speeding up the line and management by stress, again, those sound like the concepts of the old General Motors management system. And, and that's what I experienced and suffered through a bit before the plant I worked for got a new plant manager and that plant manager was Larry Spiegel who uh, gets to say a few things in the This American Life piece and I, I shared a story uh, about him in my post five years ago. So when Larry was asked about the difficulty he faced in bringing you know, the NUMI approach to another GM factory, you know, he basically said there were too many people convinced that they didn't have to change. And Larry was asked by the, the correspondent, Frank Lanfitt, um, hadn't General Motors threatened to close down the plant? And Larry said they didn't believe them. Frank Langfitt said, why? Larry said, it's not logical. They just didn't. And Frank Langfitt then again said, you know, this was one of the biggest differences between Fremont and Van Nuys. Van Nuys hadn't been shut down. Uh, and I'll add as a comment here, you know, as... The, the GM plant had been at, at Fremont, the one that became NUMI. Um, Frank again said, turns out it's a lot easier to get workers to change if they've lost their jobs and then you offer them back. Without that, many union members just saw the Toyota system as a threat. And they had a point. Under the Japanese system, Van Nuys stood to lose a fourth of its workforce because the more efficient a plant becomes, the fewer workers it needs. And just as bad, the team concept hurt their seniority rights. This had been a problem for union members back at NUMI also. So that's the end of quote from the story. You know, in my experience, lean transformations do not require the threat of plant closure. 
you know, in healthcare organizations like ThetaCare and Virginia Mason have transformed themselves without having some sort of crisis or threatening to shut down the hospital. Now, the threat of not needing 25% of your employees anymore, um, I, I totally understand why the UAW and the Van Nuys plant wouldn't like that. Now, what's not explored in this American life is if GM would have made any sort of no layoffs due to no layoffs due to lean commitment, as many organizations do, including places like Fedicare and Virginia Mason. Would GM have retrained or redeployed workers in a way that was more constructive than the infamous GM Jobs Bank? You know, would GM have tried to grow the plant's business so they could avoid firing employees, you know, doing more work with the same number of employees, which is not, quote unquote, speeding up the work, of course, when we reduce waste and improve processes through lean. So it's hard to see, you know, what the, you know, how you could blame employees for not liking something that might cost them their jobs. And Labor Notes also criticized this American life for blaming workers. And, you know, I always thought that so-called militant attitudes from employees or unions were the result of bad management. Um, you know, but Larry Spiegel, in, in my experience with him, he was a great leader uh, when I worked under him at General Motors. You know, he was a truly lean leader who had the courage uh, to do things a new way within General Motors. And so here's what I tried to write on the Labor Notes website. Larry Spiegel was the GM plant manager who was quoted in the story. I worked at GM from 1995 to 1997 as an engineer at the Livonia engine plant. And Larry was brought in as our plant manager in 1996 after a number of major quality problems. Under the old plant manager and his regime, the workers were blamed and it was extremely unfair. Bad managers literally got in the way of UAW members putting quality first. When Larry became the plant manager, he addressed an all-hands meeting of hourly and salaried employees, and he told them that the days of blaming the workers were over. The problem wasn't the workers. The problem was the old management style. Larry made that quite clear and lived by his desire to manage in a new way, putting quality first and listening to the workers. And the factory made a lot of progress under his leadership. Now, I work today in healthcare. The problem there also is the management system, not the workers. That's why the application of lean and the Toyota production system works so well. A new management style allows people to put quality and patient safety first. Managers actually listen to their employees, and it's nothing to complain about. But then again, Labor Notes complains about lean healthcare as if it's as evil as they think lean manufacturing is. Now, you know, GM's history is complicated. I was never one to blame the union for the company's problems. I blamed leadership or a lack thereof, as I wrote about in a number of posts that I linked to here. I, I don't demonize the union. I wish the union folks wouldn't demonize lean. Now, if uh, you've, you've listened this long, 11 and a half minutes, uh, thank you for doing so. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the post that I wrote five years ago about this American life and the NPR story. So here's what I wrote. The story highlights some of the problems the old Fremont, California plant had before GM closed it for the first time in 1982. This included workers drinking on the job, workers having sex in the plant, bad absenteeism rates compounded by management finding random drunks at the bar across the street to then come on uh, the line to fill in, workers hating management so much that they sabotaged vehicles. Now, the root cause isn't only bad workers, 
quote unquote, a lot of that is due to bad management systems, something that changed dramatically when Numi was formed with Toyota management principles and practices. Now, as, as with many things in life, it was complicated. In this post, I'm going to share my personal experiences with one of the leaders featured in the story. Now, Numi, of course, quickly became a huge success after it reopened with mainly the same workers, but with a new management system and new managers. So why didn't GM, the rest of GM, learn more of these lessons? Well, there were certainly attempts. You know, in my second year working at the GM uh, Livonia engine plant, a new plant manager was brought in with Numi experience, a man named Larry Spiegel. And one of the early efforts to spread lean and TPS was at the GM Van Nuys factory in California. But the efforts failed as uh, Spiegel uh, explained, and, and he was called a quote unquote commando, uh, Numi commando. It was a term given to the GM people who were brought in to learn from Numi and uh, Larry was one of the first. Uh, it says, quote, uh, the lack of receptiveness to change was so deep, said Larry Spiegel, one of the commandos who struggled to transform the Van Nuys plant. There were too many people convinced they didn't need to change. Spiegel said that even though GM had threatened to close the plant, workers believed it would never happen, and they stuck with their own ways. So at the Livonia engine plant, our quality and productivity, not to mention morale, were at the bottom of the barrel, even by GM standards. Now, uh, Larry spent months walking the plant floor, or the gemba, as we would call it. He listened to the people. He talked to them. He, this was a very different leadership style than before. I mean, you know, he was the plant manager with about 800 people reporting to him, but he took the time to go and see. That's a key lesson from Numi. So being a young, impatient engineer, I was ready for change. I knew the old management mindsets weren't working. I believed in the promise of lean and TPS, even though we couldn't call it lean and we didn't make much mention of Toyota. So I asked Larry at one point, you know, when were we really going to start fixing things? Let's go. And I recall his answer. He said something like, I know what we have to do here based on his experiences at Numi and previously at the Warren transmission plant. But the people here don't know that I know. I have to take time to build respect, to let them know I've heard them and I've seen the problems firsthand. So that encounter in Larry's leadership made a huge impact on me and my young career. Now, even though I left GM to go to MIT in 1997, I kept in touch with people from the plant. And I was happy to hear that they made great strides in the first few years, moving up to the top quartile in performance from the bottom of the barrel. They were improving quality and productivity. They even had a new engine program assigned to them, which you know, helped the plant stay open. But the plant later became the victim of GM's bankruptcy and uh, was closed, um, I think, probably by 2011. So um, that's, that's my story of working with Larry Spiegel, a great lean leader. He's retired. Uh, a couple years back, he was teaching lean at the University of Michigan. Um, you know, I, I think he was one of the people that was really trying to push GM in the right direction. So that was my blog post from five years ago. So again, if you want to find links to any of this, go to leanblog.org audio 71. Thanks for listening.